0: Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz.
1: Let's stand this morning. We're going to read a verse of Scripture together. and It's found in 1 John, 1 John chapter 4. Take your Bibles and turn in God's Word and let's read together. And let's read it aloud. I'm preaching a message today entitled, Where God Is, Love Is. Where God is, Love Is. I want to see love from God's perspective, from the Scriptures, and I want us to apply it to the tipping points of life, moments of great stress moments of decision and great consequence. Let's read this aloud, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16. And we have known and believe the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Thank you, you may be seated. If you'll notice this in verse 17, it says, Herein is our love made perfect, that's fully developed, matured, complete. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Casteth out fear. Think of that. I remember when I was a little boy there was a convenience store right across the street from where we lived. And uh, you can see it here. It was called the Alibi. In that little convenience store, there were two people, John, the brother, older brother, and then Alice. And I say older because they were up in age. Alice, perhaps the older of the two. John and Alice, they helped look out for me and my brother and uh, my sisters when they would come by. Normally it was me and Terry. We were always palling around. And we'd stand there. And they would just always eventually ask us the obvious. Are y'all hungry? (laughs) Well, just get whatever you want and take it with you. I'd always get me a bag of barbecue corn chips. I still look for them in the grocery store. And now they're chili corn chips, you know, but, or honey barbecue. But I think of that and a Sprite. And it was like Christmas for us. And uh, we'd run back home and we'd gobble that down and that was our supper. But in that place, as I've looked back over, even pulled up to it and just sat there in the parking lot and thought about it, that place is where oftentimes we found some glimpse of love or concern or regard for us. In a home where there was turbulence and all kinds of tension, we had to find something that was worthwhile, it seemed, and there we found a glimpse of kindness a feeling of love. I've pondered this and i thought about it and how God put different people in our lives. Jacob said, the God which fed me all the days of my life, God always fed us. There were other neighbors that would take us in and feed us supper. And some lessons that I thought about by way of introduction that I made a note of and wrote down, true love is selfless. Those who've been hurt don't want others to hurt like they've hurt. They want to them to have the love they always wanted. Some believe their life will never be what it could have been. But if we submit to God in faith, we must believe that in our particular circumstance, he can make it into something it could not have been otherwise had we not gone through those troubles and trials. I also wrote this. The tipping points in life are sent by God to force us to make positive changes. By faith, we must embrace our tipping points and needed changes. The times of great need and glimpses of love brought to me in my life brought me to this conclusion. There's got to be a better way to live than this. And I want to say to you today, there is a better way to live. Paul said, I show you a more excellent way. We looked at last week. A better way is the love of God, knowing it and showing it, expressing it in our lives. Maybe you're at a tipping point today. Maybe you're at a place to where you could decide... And the decision would be of the consequence that you and your family could go either way. You could harden yourself or you could humble yourself. You could uh, just indulge yourself or surrender yourself. You could go forward with God or backward in the things of this world. Just like God taught me to turn a negative into a positive, God can help you today. You say, Pastor, something's got to give in my life. I mean, I'd like to do that at a tipping point. I want to do the right thing. I want to come down on the side of what's right. What does God's word say about it? Now, hold your place here, but look back in 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. I want you to see a verse, and I want you to underline it. We read that God is light. We find that God is love in chapter 4, but God is light in chapter 1 and verse 5, but read verse 7 with me. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. You get closer to God, I get closer to God, we get closer to each other. Isn't that right? God's Word is light. We need the light of truth shining upon our lives The word casteth in verse 18 back in our text, 1 John chapter 4, literally means to throw. In various applications, more or less violently or intensely to arise, to cast out, to throw down is the thought. It's like I've got a choice here and God has opened my eyes and I see this now for what it really is and God helping me, I'm done with wavering, I'm done with thinking, wow, is is what the world is offering me of such value that is going to outweigh what God has for me. Remember when Satan took Jesus up into the precipice there and said, "I'm going to offer you the kingdoms of the world." And Jesus said, "Man shall not live by what Bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I'm going to come down on the side of what my heavenly Father says and do what he says. That's what I'm praying that God will help us to do this very day. To cast off fear. To cast off false teaching. Anything or anyone that will lead us astray and away from God and obedience to his word and the clear blessing that God has for us. God wants us to embrace our tipping point and the needed changes and deal with them in faith. And I want you to see this and I want you to make note of some things here and I want you to write this down if you will. Number one, we do this by understanding the message of love. The message of love, make a note of that. If you'll study verses one through six, you'll find that those who know and love God love truth. In verse 1, we read, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the Spirit's test and prove them with the plumb line of God's word, this fixed point of reference. Try the Spirit, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone into the world. Put it to the test. The message of love is a message of discernment. God is right God is light. God gives us the light to understand his love and what that means. If we love God, we love what he loves. We love truth. We are are seekers of truth. Notice what the Bible says in the last part of verse 6. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The message of love is a message of discernment, of discovery, verse 2 and 3. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of what? Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. A spirit, a message of discovery. The Gnostics didn't believe in the incarnation of Christ, that God had come in the flesh, and they didn't believe that. Though they claimed to be inspired and led of the Spirit of God, Paul says here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, test it, try it. Here's the bottom line. It all turns on this. Those who say that Jesus Christ, get it, in verse number 2, is come in the flesh and is of God, or has come in the flesh, is of God, but those who deny that are not of God. They're in the spirit of Antichrist, against Christ, against the truth of who God is and what God says. The message of love is not only through discernment and discovery, but through distinction. Verse 4 and 5. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, Because read it with me, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Isn't that a wonderful verse? Always remember that. The lion that is in you is greater than the lion that's after you. Satan as a roaring lion goeth about seeking whom he may devour. But the lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Thank God for that. But this distinction, see, we're overcomers. We are victorious. They're of the world. But the Bible says, notice this in verse 6, we are of God. We are of God. We know the truth. We know the heart of God, the message of God. We're overcomers. We are victorious. This is the message of love. If you love God... If you know God, you will love truth and you will live that out in your life. You will have a spirit of discernment, a spirit of discovery. If this is what God says, then this is where I stand. This is what I believe. If you understand the message of love, you'll understand the distinction there is between us and those who don't know God. We are of God. They're of the world. They don't listen to the word of God, the voice of God. They listen to their own line of reasoning and philosophy. Number one, the message of love. Write this down. Number two, the manifestation of love. The manifestation of love. I love studying this and looking at this from God's perspective. And we read in verse 7, beloved, Let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God for God is what? There it is. God is love. We read it again in verse number 16. God is love. In this was manifested, demonstrated, brought forth the love of God toward us. God showed his love toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. That we might live through him, underline that, that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the payment, the satisfactory payment in full for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is what? perfected. Think of that. The manifestation of love. God says, I'm not only going to say it in word, but I'm going to show you indeed. I not only love you, but God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son. He gave. Love is a manifestation, a demonstration of one's heart. God is love. He can't do anything otherwise but show his heart to us demonstrate his heart to us. And the greatest way he did that was in giving us his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who love God love truth and they love each other is what he's saying. These others claim to be of God but they didn't have a heart of faith and love and regard for others. The false teachers would strive. They would tear down. Those that are of God build up. I've learned through the years that those who are not of God oftentimes are the first or the quickest to criticize or to find fault and try to discredit what God is doing. I read of a pastor who was called to visit a hurting family, and this so speaks to me. The husband was struggling with substance abuse. The wife was overwrought and ready to leave. The children were worried and afraid. The pastor sat there in the living room with those loved ones gathered, And he said, My first thought is, God is nowhere to be found in this home. And then it's like the Lord brought to his mind, I'm here. I'm at work. Look for me. Does the Spirit of God ever bear witness with your spirit? And God put thoughts and understandings in your heart? He said, That's what God did. He said, so I began to look at it from God's perspective, and here's what he observed. The dad, though broken, was open to help. The mother, though torn, was still there and really didn't want to leave. The children, though afraid, had food and shelter. God was present and at work indeed. God was there. And I want to say to you today that I don't know what you're facing, what you're going through, but God is there with you. And at this point in your life, you're saying, well, see, these folks here were being appealed to. It's like, don't get led astray. Don't get influenced by those who are trying to get a following. Follow God. Follow truth. To know God is to know his love and to know his truth. Pursue that. Don't get distracted and turned aside. And perhaps you're at a moment to where you could go either way with your life. And maybe you're wondering where God is and what God is doing. it's like, uh, God is nowhere to be found right now, it seems, in my life. But he is there. The fact that you have a heart that's open at all to him and what's right means that God is working in your life. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says no man seeks God. The fact that you have any interest in the things of God means that God is working in your life. God is drawing you unto himself or back unto himself. God is showing you his love. God is surrounding you with his love. God in every way is trying to remind you that his love is not something we just talk about or we hear about. It's not just in theory, but it's in real life. It's in the day-to-day, in the rub of life, the struggle of life, the battles of life, the burdens, the, the, the points to where it's like, wow, Lord, where are you? What's going on here? Why all of this? You're at that moment of decision. The Bible speaks of those in the valley of decision, what will you do? Come down to the side of, well, you know, I'm going to harden myself and figure it out on my own or are you are going to humble yourself and say, Lord, I want to embrace you and your love and your truth and the light that you have for my present path. The message of love, the manifestation of love. God is with you. Look for him. He's at work. Don't miss it. He said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. I've told you oftentimes to where I came to a point of understanding that I didn't feel God, I didn't sense God, I didn't see what God was doing. In fact, what I was observing made no sense. This could not be of God. And then this thought came to my mind. So this is faith. So this is faith. <laughs> faith is just simply going to the Bible, the light of truth, seeing what God said, taking him at his word, and acting in obedience to what God said. I, I don't feel it. I'm not warm-hearted. I'm not stirred. I'm not, you know, we think that. We think, i got to feel this. i got to feel that. I if God's working in my life, then I'm going to feel it. God's moving in my life. See, that was my thought. I was just so intense about that. Praying and sensing God and and, and just trying to perceive and discern what God is doing. I was so intense about that. It's like God allowed the troubles and trials of my life to burn that, to consume that, to wean me from that. Spurgeon said he'd come to the place of his life and ministry long ago that he said, I realized I was not at the mercy of every urge, Thought or impulse or feeling. I was at the mercy of what God said. And if I felt it or not. If I by faith endeavored to obey it. God would honor it. And God did. And God will honor you. You say well I'm not feeling this right now. I'm not feeling God. I'm not feeling this. Hey listen. You're going to have to get winged from that. Because in that feeling you're going to find Fear. And that fear is going to eventually work its way into your life to where it controls you. And fear, the Bible says here, it'll wear you out. It has torment. So where there's fear, there's the absence of faith. But where there's faith is the absence of fear. And so the manifestation of love. The meaning of love, verse 16. See, we're talking about who Jesus is and how God so loved us that he sent him into this world to be our Savior, in verse 14. He came to save us from our sin. And The Bible says... In verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. See where God is, love is. If you are in God and God is in you, you're in love and love is in you is the point here. You say, well, I don't feel it, but it's there. Act upon it in faith, receive it in faith. Walk in that love, walk in that light of understanding the truth there. The meaning of love. God is love. Everything that comes from God comes from his heart of love. He's the very substance and the essence of true love. Deep, loyal, devoted, benevolent, sacrificial devotion and commitment. The world doesn't know that. The world doesn't express or experience that. God is love. To know God is to know love. To know God is to show love. It's what he's trying to say here. Let us love one another. If we know God and we've known his love, then surely we're going to love each other. That's one way you know that you're born of God. Oh, it's amazing here. When you think about verse 20, the Bible says, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a what? Would you underline that? That's pretty strong preaching right there. It doesn't say... He's not being honest. He's not being forthright. Uh, He's just kind of hedging on the truth. It just says straight up, he's a liar. He's a liar. Wow. Those are powerful words, are they not? If you say you love God but you hate your brother, the Bible says you're a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. That's amazing, isn't it? The meaning of love. God is love. And so he says here in verse 19, we love him because he what? First loved us. We love God because we have experienced God's love for us. His love in forgiving our sins, saving our soul, changing our lives. We love him because he first loved us. You think about it. You say, well, I want others to love me. Well, why don't you follow the pattern of God? He that hath friends must show himself what? If you want love, then the way you get love is to give love. You see? This is the meaning. God is love, and that's not just a statement. It's not just a knowledge. It's an understanding. It is something that applies to our lives and our relationships. We have to understand that, the meaning of love. And then lastly, number four, the maturity of love. God is always developing our faith. He's drawing us closer and moving us toward maturity. Hebrews 6.1 says, let us go on to perfection. That means completion, maturity, full development of our faith. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Surely many of us have been saved for a long time. Surely our love is richer and deeper than it was some years back, right? Surely there's more a depth of loyalty and devotion in our hearts to each other. Isn't it amazing? Some people, it seems like the more time goes, the less love they know or they show in their lives. It shouldn't be that way. Our love should be developing, deepening, maturing. That's what the Bible says here. Now get this, verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect. There it is. It's it's matured. It's developed. It's deepened. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world We know that God is love and God is working in this world. Oftentimes love doesn't come back to him, but it doesn't stop him from being who he is. Some people stop loving because they are not loved. I'm thankful that God doesn't stop loving when we don't love him as we should. Aren't you? Oh, we're to just keep loving. Our love is being developed, it's being deepened. Think about that. See, that's a mature love. A mature love says, well, if I'm not loved, then I'm going to continue to love. Some people say, well, if you're not going to love me, then I'm not going to love you. Isn't that amazing? And we forget what love is. Love is something that we give. And once we give it, then we do receive it. But if we're thinking, well, I'm just going to get more of it before I give any more of it, then see, We frustrate the love of God at work in our lives. This gives us courage. This gives us boldness. This gives us someone who is not emotionally immature, spiritually undeveloped, someone that is lacking in depth because they're always easily deterred or turned aside. I love you today. I don't love you the next day. You know, and all this back and forth, God wants us to go deeper and something that's stable there, even though things may Waver and we do, right? Even though our feelings may vary and they do, and sometimes they're all over the map. You've ever been there? Sometimes it's like, wow, what is going on here? But we don't live by feeling, we walk by faith. And the Bible says in verse number 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect, mature fear. Or love casteth out fear. It says, I'm done with that. No, I'm not going to give in to that. I'm not going to choose to go that route because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect, mature, developed in love. We love him because he first loved us. We respond to the love that God has for us. Think about it. Because God is love. And if we're going to be like him, then rather than just saying, hey, I'm waiting to respond No, I'm looking to initiate, to give, to demonstrate true love. That's where God wants us to be. That's the maturity of love. What does God want us to do? He wants us to embrace the challenges before us and say, you know what, God helping me, I'm going to come down on the side of love. I'm going to show love. I'm going to draw strength from the Lord. His love is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost, Romans chapter 5 says, and he will give me that divine capacity to love. You say, but I want to be loved. Love. And love comes back. When you give it, it comes back. God at some point honors that. Embrace these tipping points. Learn your lessons. Let love reign in your heart and determine which side you're going to come down on. You say, I'm just, I don't know, I'm weary and wavering. I, this thing could go any way. Uh, my life, my future, my home. Listen, come down to the side of what God's word says here. Say, God helping me, I'm going to love. Because if you go looking for love, you'll never find it in this world. Until you grow and mature in understanding what it is to give love. Well, if I get more of it, if you would show me more, if I had more, then you know what, then then I'd respond. Listen, I understand that human sentiment. But we've got to grow and become more like the Lord. Isn't that right? Say, I refuse to give in to the sentiment of this world. That says, no, if you love me, then I'll love you. I'm glad God didn't say that to us. No, he said, I love you. And we're like, wow, I love you too, Lord, thank you. Isn't that right? What would change in your life, in your life, now don't think about everybody else right now, but your life. What would change in your life if you would say, I'm going to love as God loves? He said, oh, I don't know about that. And let me ask you, what's keeping you back then? Why are you hesitant? I don't know if I love that. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to make myself vulnerable. I'll tell you, if you're not willing to be vulnerable and risk being hurt, you'll never know the joys of being loved. It goes hand in hand. And in a fallen world, at times, we are hurt, aren't we? We get disappointed. But don't let that harden your heart. Don't let that cause you to never love again. You say, well, I tried to love and I was burned or I did what was right and then I had nothing but grief or someone doing wrong by me coming back. Let me tell you, there's a God in heaven. This is not the time to harden your heart. This time to humble yourself and say, you know, it's a tipping point. I need to repent. I need to learn or I need to submit myself to the Lord and I'm going to draw an eye to God. I'm not going to drift further away from the Lord I want to have good faith in my heart toward my loved ones this is a tender story I read someone wrote about a father and a daughter it was overheard in their last moments together at the airport <clears throat> it was time to board and standing near the security gate they hugged and the father said I love you and I wish you enough the daughter replied, Dad, our life together has been more than enough. Your love is all I ever needed. I wish you enough too, Dad. They kissed and the daughter left. The father walked over to the window where I was seated, the writer said. Standing there, I could see he wanted and needed a cry. I tried not to intrude into his privacy, but he welcomed me in by asking, did you ever say goodbye to someone knowing it would be forever? Yes, I have, I replied. Forgive me for asking, but why is this your forever goodbye? Well, he said, I'm old, and my daughter lives so far away. I have challenges ahead, and the reality is the next trip back here to see me will likely be for my funeral. The man asked, when you were saying goodbye, I heard you mention, I wish you enough. May I ask what that means? He began to smile and say, That's a wish that was handed down to me from generations of my family. My parents used to say it to everyone. And then he tried to remember it, and these are the words that he said. I wish you enough, sun to keep your attitude bright, no matter how gray the day may appear. I wish you enough rain to appreciate the sun even more. I wish you enough happiness to keep your spirit alive and everlasting. I wish you enough pain so that even the smallest of joys in life may appear bigger. I wish you enough gain to satisfy your wanting. I wish you enough loss to appreciate all that you possess. I wish you enough hellos to get through the final goodbye. He then began to cry and walked away. They say it takes a minute to find a special person, an hour to appreciate them, a day to love them, but an entire lifetime to treasure them. I don't know what your tipping point is today, but God knows. And this needs to be a time of surrender to God and a renewal of commitment, God helping me. I am going to love my loved ones. I'm just going to love them. I'm working on a new message. Remember the message God gave me, so this is faith? I'm working on a new one. So this is love this is love, this is love, (laughs) this is love. Wow. Boy, God is teaching me what true love is. May he teach us all today.
0: Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church, located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube, and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.